The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, there's an interesting age-old phenomenon of human psychological spiritual processing. And that is that we tend to look for the light. Most of us think that's a really good thing, but sometimes we look for the light even when everything is really dark. Often ending up creating an illusion of light when seeing the dark would be a much better and smarter thing to do. We fear the dark, assuming that within it are all manner of monsters, even demons who will devour us if we but see them. We tend to think that the darkness in whatever form we imagine it is the worst possible thing. But what if the truest light can be found in the dark? What if sitting in the dark is the only possible light? What if seeing the monsters is imperative to our evolution? Well then, while we're running from the dark, pretending that we found the light, we miss the truest light. This show is going to be all about learning to be with, sit with, walk in the dark. And since dark is at least half of every day, it might be a good show to listen to all the way through. So stay with us today. So what's the worst possible thing you can imagine? Now, I know, I know that I just asked you to imagine something that uh, the law of attraction would tell you, oh, no, no, don't ever think about that. But the law of attraction, as we've currently come to understand it, is all about trying to stay in the light even when it's dark. Um, And most people would say, well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Don't you want to stay in the light when it's dark? Um, But actually... Light is not the only sacred thing. Dark is also sacred. And so when we, when we think in terms of good and bad, goodness and evil, we think in terms of light and dark. Light and dark are even used synonymously with good and evil sometimes. But, but light is just, it, dark is just as sacred as light. Light is important and dark is important. And both of them have a gift to give us. And when it's dark, we need to be in the dark. And when it's light, we need to be in the light. So we don't need to be in the dark pretending we're in the light. And that's what we often do. And unfortunately, that's what the current law of attraction tells us to do. You don't have things that you want, so therefore you should imagine that you do have those things that you want and you will get them. They will come your way because you will have tricked the universe into believing that your head is, is really not also full of darkness. But it is. Every one of us have a shadow. And a shadow is a part of the light because in order for a shadow to be cast, light has to have also been cast. So a, a tree casts a shadow to the degree that the light hits that tree. If there is no light to hit that tree, there is only darkness and ergo no shadow. 
So uh, we, in terms of living in a space of knowing that there's light and darkness simultaneously within us all the time, we, we become more whole. We become more fully aware of the contrasts that make up the whole picture. And that's exactly what Carl Jung was talking about when he was talking about using words like individuation and wholeness and self. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I want to tell you a story first. Um, They've done some research, and you may have heard about this. You may have read some of it online. But uh, a guy named Dubois, Keen, and uh, three different people, actually, Dubois, Keen, and Borowski, have done some studies on different fish who live in dark caves. And they're all of the same... uh, species the uh, uh, species and they are called Astiatix mexicanus i think i've said that right but they what they do is they have evolved to a place where they're living in such darkness that they no longer have eyes so they their their evolution has created uh, a new mutation in their physical being um, because they don't need eyes they no longer have eyes, which is a very interesting phenomenon in and of itself, just be, uh, when we think about evolution and what happens to the DNA inside of us when we don't use something or don't need something. Um, and when we do need something, what happens is that, is that we grow it. Uh, so I think that's a very interesting phenomenon about evolution. And our psychological evolution is exactly the same. But what I want to share with you is this study that they've just recently done on these fish is they've compared these fish of three different caves to fish on the surface. Now, the fish on the surface have eyes. But what they did is compare the sleep patterns of the fish that were living in the cave with no eyes and the fish that were on the surface with eyes. And what they found was that the fish with no eyes needed much less sleep than the fish with eyes. Uh, so that the fish without eyes were able to go just as fast or even faster than the fish with eyes. So that you could tell that it wasn't about them being sleep deprived. It was They had the same amount of energy. They just needed less sleep. Now, I don't know about you, but that is an, a, a fascinating phenomenon to me. Because what I think of in terms of the metaphor is that when we... When we can live comfortably in the dark uh, and we don't need to see from the physical perspective, we see from another perspective and our energy comes from a different place. Uh, But we live in a world where seeing is very important and blind people are considered to be disabled and uh, we, we count on our ability to see. With regard to driving, we certainly don't want to drive unable to see. We don't want to walk down the street without something telling us where where we are and who we might run into or what we might run into. Um, so seeing is very important. So the light is important, but so is the dark. And so when we when we think about dark, we tend to cast aspersions on it. It has it contains the demons. Well, I'm just trying to figure that out. You know, when we have that fear that the that at nighttime is when, when the monsters come around, when the boogie bears come around, when, when our fears heighten. Uh, but in the daytime, those monsters are gone. <laughs> and I think that's very interesting because if they're there at night, they're there in the day too. Hello. You know, it's just that we don't think about them in the daytime because we're not in the dark. We're in the daytime. 
So that's how physical our psychology is. Our psychology is very often dependent on the light. And we know that there are people who have a seasonal affective disorder who, whose moods are affected by the light. We know that there are diseases like psoriasis that are cured with, with certain kinds of uh, ultraviolet light. Uh, we know that uh, people who live in areas where there's a lot of sunlight all the time, like in the North Pole, um, are, have a different kind of psychology than the people who also experience dark. Uh, we we know that the people who live in the jungles of Africa have a different psychology than the people who live in the cities where there's light at night. Um, so those are things that we have discovered about how our physical vision impacts our psychology. And so uh, it is important to understand that. But from a metaphorical perspective, what it means is that we have developed a fear of the dark (laughs) i mean it's not just children who have that we all have it to some degree or another i can be in my house my home during the daytime and all the same cracks and bumps and 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 you know funny little noises happen and i don't think about them those same exact cracks and bumps and funny little noises happen at night and i'm thinking about them and that is because we've been taught that the the boogie bear comes out at night I have been robbed, my house has been robbed two different times in my lifetime, and both of those times were in the daytime, but somehow we still tend to think that bad things only happen at night. Um, There are things that do change at night in the darkness. Our temperature seems to go up in the evenings, um, and uh, we become a little sicker. If we are sick, we get a little sicker around sunset. Um, these are phenomenons that I don't know whether they've been studied or not, but are interesting in terms of what that means. Are we creating that because we're, we know that night is coming or is that a phenomenon of some kind of uh, something that has to do with light or barometric pressure or I don't know, something else. So um, these are things that, that definitely could be studied and may have been studied, but I, had, I didn't research all of that today. What I do understand is that there is a combination of light and dark in us at all times. There is a combination of good and bad in us at all times. And ultimately what that means is there is no such thing as good or bad. Um, Because the combination sort of cancels each other out. And so when 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 we talk about light and dark, we're talking about fear and security. We're talking about whether or not we feel secure. So learning to be with the darkness in our lives is very, very important. So let's talk about some of the different ways that darkness can manifest, at least in its metaphorical terms. Darkness can manifest through a grief. We can grieve uh, uh, the loss of a person, a job, a situation, and uh, um a uh, a way of being or a, an identity, we can grieve all of those things. And there are degrees of grief. Certainly we can go from mild to moderate to severe with, with grief. And there is in the DSM-5 and DSM-4 a thing that's called a complicated grief or com- complicated bereavement where um, where somebody's grief is complicated with issues that elongate it. 
and make it more difficult or more severe. So, so these things are, are, are things that we have to think about. But very often what I see, and I'm sure you have felt this and, and some of you have heard it from others, is that what we, when a grief happens, the first thing we want to do is make it go away. Um, and we don't sit with it and, and um, take its gifts and because we don't do that, we miss out on the growth and the, and the experiential gift that grieving can give us. We tend to run from pain. And, you know, we are a society that takes a pill for just about everything. So pain is one of those things that we just don't want to experience. And pain is typically what we think about psychologically when we think in the, in, of the word darkness. We think of pain. We think of the dark night of the soul, for instance. Um, the dark night of the soul is a time in our lives when everything that has worked spiritually prior to this moment ceases to work for us, and we feel empty and bereft of any connection to the divine, any connection to the philosophy that we've once stood by and believed in and walked in. We are in the dark. We are completely in the dark. And But what this dark night of the soul generally brings us to is a whole other level of spirituality that is deeper and more profound simply because we've had to sit with emptiness, sit with the nothingness for a while until something else arises. And that puts us in a feminine, what Carl Jung would have called a feminine state of mind of waiting for generativity, waiting for something to gestate and produce itself. It's an organic process that... Uh, that uh, c- comes about within us without us pushing on it. Uh, and people who have been through a dark night of the soul understand that organic nature of walking in the dark, of sitting in the dark, of being with emptiness um, that, that allows things to come about that would not come about any other way. And the same is true with grief. The crying opens doors within us that have previously been closed. The, the missing someone opens doors within us that have previously been closed. The, the longing for another place, another person, another event opens doors within us if we can sit with the longing without trying to push it, make something happen out of it. And that's very hard for us because we live in a goal-directed society that says we should be about the business of accomplishing the next goal. And the next goal should not look like darkness. It should not. It should be one that looks like, quote-unquote, success. And success looks like light. Success looks like money and fame and fortune and happiness and never having to cry and never being sick and never having a problem that that, you know, is visible to us. Um, that is a huge part of our projection onto celebrity, celebrity that, we, that we believe that this celebrity is above problems, above suffering. There is no darkness possible. And, of course, at the same time that we want to believe that, we are also relishing in the darkness that we see in the rags every day, that... You know, um, so-and-so is getting a divorce or uh, so-and-so is back in rehab again or, you know, these are the things that are happening to the celebs that that we're sitting around going, yeah, they got in trouble and they're in in a mess and they're suffering and and we want to know all about it. We want to know all about it. And so we've got this kind of 
contrasting conflict within us that is both light and dark that says we want these people, our celebrities, to be above suffering and yet we love it. We get all involved in it like kind of watching a train wreck when we when we hear about them having problems. So there's a there's a real dichotomy there that that keeps us in aware of the fact that we are constantly both light and dark. So if if darkness can give us a gift, what are some of those possible gifts? Well, we're going to talk about that in the next section session and section of the show. Sorry, and and uh, and so I want to have you just sort of contemplate that possibility before we get there. But for right now, what I what I want us to understand is there's something different between truest light and false light. Truest light. Um, has to do with truth. False light is just uh, putting on an identity, putting on a mask, putting on a performance, pretending, bargaining with reality in order to keep ourselves from feeling the pain we feel. So um, I lose someone that I love tremendously and I don't want to feel that pain so I get really busy. That's one of the solutions we Westerners use a lot. We get busy. I'm just trying to keep myself busy. And that's, you know, you call your aunt. She's just lost her husband. And, and, and you ask her how she's doing. And she doesn't want to talk about that. She says, well, I'm just trying to keep myself busy. We hear it every day. Somebody's trying to keep themselves busy. Why are we doing that? We're doing that because we think that busyness is better than the darkness. We just don't want to sit with our pain. We fear our pain. We fear it tremendously. And yet, those who meditate know that if we can sit with pain, it brings us to a new place inside of us, into new consciousness. Physical pain can do the same thing. Um, You know, just this morning as I was meditating, I don't mind sharing this, the pain in my hip that has been fairly constant for the last week, I began to try to reach to its roots as I meditated and just reflect on that. And I got information about my psychological walk that made the pain go away. So, you know, sitting with pain really can help us to understand something about our the way we're behaving that's not effective for us. Sitting with pain can just open doors of into rooms inside our psychology that we've never been to before. Doors that have within them great treasures. And if we don't go there, we don't ever get those treasures. So essentially what we do in our lives is we move along a line, a continuum of, you know, happy days and sad days and happy days and sad days. But, you know, they they never really help us to evolve. We never either develop eyes or lose our eyes. We never evolve. We just kind of stay in the same same state. I was just talking to someone today who said, I'm the same exact person I was when I was four or five. Wow, that's pretty incredible. So let's talk some more right after the break about what we can get from the darkness and what is the difference between true light and darkness, or true light and false light. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
How can we grow both individually and collectively with greater ease and efficiency? Tune in to The Power of Presence with host John Hankey to learn about the relationship between meditation, hypnosis, NLP, Chinese medicine, sports psychology, personal evolution, and more. The show covers practical applications including mindfulness, conscious language, time management, nutrition, fitness, and holistic health to investigate how all of us can achieve our next level of fulfillment, well-being, and vitality. Listen every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. All day long, we sort out clutter in our minds and bodies, all the while trying to find that healing modality that will work for us. Tune in to Inner Mission with host Patty Campbell. Each week, we'll explore a deeper spirituality and the healing process. Everyone has the capability to heal themselves. Let us help you find your capability in the hopes that you will pay it forward. Intermission Journey to Wellness is broadcast live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. we're back. You know, the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you can get a PhD, a doctor of ministry, or a DMAN, or in the Holistic Theology program, a Doctor of Theology, or a THD. The programs in which you can get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and meaning, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. The population of students that are served at AIHT include doctors, lawyers, healers, nurses, ministers, counselors, psychologists, social workers, nutritionists, herbologists, homeopathy practitioners, psychics, mediums, and many others who have a special gift but need to learn to hone it and to credential it. It also includes students who simply wish to enhance their own profound spiritual journeys. 
What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing, as your text-writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu or if you'd like to talk directly to our admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, you can go to www.aiht.edu or contact admissions director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And so we're talking today about the worst possible thing. The thing we fear the most, the darkness. The worst possible thing is something we imagine in our heads. So if I asked you right now to imagine what would be the worst possible thing that could happen to you right this minute, you'd think of all kinds of things from the loss of your relationship to the loss of your job to your own death to the death of your children to somebody kidnapping or harming someone that you love. Um, these are the things that are the darkness, that make up the darkness that we fear so much. We don't want the bad stuff to come our way. And we've been bargaining with the universe about that since we first started into the duality trance state at the very beginning of our of our origins here. We... Uh, we believe that there is a split off between darkness and light, between good and evil, between um, humanity and God. We believe that there is a separation, a demarcation line where we stop and the divine begins, where goodness stops and badness begins, where light stops and darkness begins. We believe that and we can visualize it and we see it at day, as the day fades away into night. We know these things. But what we don't, we keep forgetting is that every time the day fades away into night, it is day somewhere else, on the same globe we live on, where all of us are one. So, really, it never becomes dark and it never becomes light. It's all one thing. And we lose track of that because we count on our physical vision more than we count on our spiritual vision. We need to reverse that. We need to count on our spiritual vision more than our physical vision. And I'm not talking about driving down the street blindfolded. And I'm not talking about pretending that you can't see when you can. I'm talking about counting on your spiritual vision as the headlights <laughs> um, that you will use to drive that car, as the, the direction for your life. Not that you won't also use your physical eyes but that your spiritual eyes will be the leaders for your physical eyes. So let's talk a little bit about this thing of darkness. We've just talked about the worst possible things we can imagine. That's one way darkness appears. It also appears inside of us. It appears inside of us as what Carl Jung called the shadow, which is basically our unconscious. Anything we don't know about ourselves is in the shadow. But... In our modern-day thinking, which has been very um, loosely associated with Carl Jung's psychological premises, uh, we have decided that the shadow is some part of us that's evil. The shadow has in it things that we don't want to know about ourselves that are really basically evil. And if we can just stay repressed enough, (laughs) we will keep that stuff at bay. 
Well, of course, we know what happens is that we don't keep that stuff at bay. It sneaks out and it becomes behaviors we don't understand. And we, after we've done those things, we go, what was it? What was I thinking? Or, or we say, I don't know what got into me or I was beside myself. All those ways of sort of disowning what actually is a part of us. People say all the time, I didn't mean to do that. And my response to that always is, somebody inside you meant to do it because you did it. <laughs> you don't do things you don't mean to do. Something inside you meant to do that. And what that is, is important. So we don't want to own that we feel vindictive. We don't want to own that we feel like we have to uh, hurt somebody who hurt us. We don't want to own that we get so angry that we just want to punish somebody. We don't want to own that we uh, have urges in us that feel animal and savage. We just don't want to know that stuff about ourselves. But that stuff about ourselves is a part of our strength. It's a part of our personal power if we can learn how to challenge it. I mean, excuse me, channel, channel it, challenge it and channel it to be able to, to put it in a place that works for us. So I have an animal energy. It is very savage. It, is, it can do whatever it needs to do to stay alive. And so I want to use that. I want to stay alive. I want to be smart about that. So I want to own that capacity in me, that thing in me that says stay alive, stay alive, stay alive. Now, when, I, when we put fear in the mix, it would be stay alive at all costs. Stay alive regardless of who you hurt. Stay alive even if you have to step over, step over bodies along the way. That's not what, that would not be something that I could live with in myself. So I don't want to go beyond my values. I also want to honor those, what, those things we consider to be the light. I want to put the two things together. My instinctive, savage, animal nature and my values. I want to put them together and use them both. And that is wholeness. If I'm shutting out the dark, I'm only half a person. And the dark will creep in and, and overcome me and I won't even know what happened until it's too late. So when people get enraged and do things that they don't even can't even imagine having done, it's because they've been trying so hard to repress anger for a long, long time. And finally, that anger just has to come out because it's not meant to stay inside. It means it's meant to be something we use. It's meant to empower us, to strengthen us, to create a path for us. But we can't even imagine something as dark and ugly as anger being something we could find to be useful. And yet it is. Anger is, is a clue from our insides that tells us there's a problem that needs to be solved. It's a way of seeing in the dark. It's a braille. Our emotions provide for us a kind of braille, a language we can use to feel our way around in the dark, even as we're in the light. So we're in the light. We're, we're walking around, um, living our lives, doing our jobs, um, following the routine that makes sense to us. And, and suddenly this dark thing comes up out of the unconscious and makes us aware that we're really resentful about something. And we want to go, oh, no, I shouldn't feel that way. That's a terrible feeling. I'm going to send that back. I'm going to push that away. Oh, oh, oh I don't want to have that. I need to let that go. I need to let that go. And that's what we tell ourselves. And we call ourselves spiritual when we're doing that. And that's so sad to me because when we're calling ourselves spiritual, what we need to be doing is leaning toward wholeness. 
But we split ourselves off and call that spiritual and say, oh, these are bad feelings. I don't need to have these feelings. So I'll send them away and therefore I'll be a good person. And that makes me spiritual. I've done it. I've identified with that part. I understand that. But it doesn't work. So what I'm saying here is that um, if I've got that resentment, then I need to go, okay, there you are. I see you. What do you want? What do you need? I want to give you what you need. You know, and we can think of all kinds of dark things that our resentment might say to us. But what it, what we, if we look at it just as a pure energy, then, it, then its message is do something about this problem. And very often when resentment comes into play, it's trying to tell us that we're doing a lot of stuff that we don't really want to do and saying that we're doing it for other people when actually we're doing it to please other people so they'll like us. It's a game we play. It's a bargain with reality. And, and so we build a lot of resentment and the resentment has come to tell us that we're doing it all wrong, that we're, we're, we're not being authentic we're not operating out of compassion and passion. We're operating out of guilt and obligation. That has nothing to do with love. Because I've said this before and I'll say it again. The minute you stick the word should in front of the word love, love ceases to mean love. It now means obligation and duty. And those things are not the same as love at all. So when we read the book, 1 Corinthians 13, that chapter that tells us about love, we think from the Christian perspective, and even from people who just read that chapter as if it's poetry, we think it's trying to tell us how we should love. But the minute we say, that's how I should love, we've stopped loving. So what that verse is actually telling us is, this is what love really is. It's not telling you that you should love that way. It's telling you that you are loved that way by the divine. This is the nature of the divine. This is what the divine does. This is how the divine loves. And so we have faith, hope, and love. And love is the greatest of these. Why? Because love is the divine. Faith is just something people have. Hope is something people have. Love is the divine nature in us and in the divine itself. So... So we think in terms of shoulds because we're trying to get to the light. We're trying to say, oh, I don't want any darkness. I don't want any badness in me. So let me quickly think of what I should do. And then I will be living in the light again. And that's not working for us. It doesn't work. Because ultimately all we do is repress the quote-unquote bad things and try to live out of the quote-unquote good things. And all we're doing is splitting ourselves off. So every piece of shadow material that you've got, everything that's unconscious to you about yourself, everything that you might consider to be unacceptable is actually very acceptable. So like these fish that live in the cave, the Astanics Mexicanus, they live in the caves. They have lost their eyes because they don't need them and therefore they don't need as much sleep because they live in a place where they don't have to use physical sense to get them what they need. I think that's fascinating. And we can learn to live that way. Now, again, I'm not saying close your eyes or put a blindfold on. I am saying that we can direct our physical eyes with our spiritual eyes and see more clearly. Okay, we're going to take a break now. We're going to come back in just a few minutes. Stay here for more about the shadow, about true light, and about how we deal with the darkness. 
is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. With the divorce rate staggering in the Western world and a majority of men and women sleeping with someone other than their spouse, we need to look at relationships and marriage from another point of view. Listen for Contract for Love with your host, Lori J. Contracts are the best way to protect ourselves and our children from a society of broken marriages. You'll learn more about relationships than you ever thought possible. Tune in to Contract for Love every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave. In unified consciousness, we are all part of the spectrum. As individuals interconnected, there is no time, no space, just the all. Listen for Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet, featuring hosts Joan Newcomb and Janet Barrett. Each week, Joan and Janet will provide new focal points for you to resonate with and explore. Their passion is to support your evolutionary growth and change. Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet is broadcast live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. we're back and we've been talking today about what it is to live or sit with the dark as opposed to this whole phenomenon we have of pretending that we live in the light even when it's dark Um, and splitting off between the two thinking that darkness and light cannot be in the same room at the same time and much the same way that we say that fear and love can't be in the same room at the same time which they absolutely can fear uh, people can uh, fear because they love and love because they fear uh, we can even learn to love ourselves in our fears, so they can absolutely be in the in the same room at the same time, because we are whole people. Because all things are one, and so what we've been taught in our society is that we need to hurry up and get over it. That I'm over it thing is all over the place, <laughs> and I'm over being over it because it basically what it says is that we need to rush through anything that's painful and make it go away really quick and then and only then have we been strong and successful it's weak to be in pain but actually the strong people are the ones that are willing to feel the pain the ones who run from it are the weak ones 
So anytime you hear somebody saying, hurry up and get over it, or saying to yourself, hurry up and get over it, or aren't you over that yet? I mean, literally, there are stories that I've heard about people who have met up with somebody they haven't seen in a while on the street, and you know, they just had a breakup of the, like this 15-year relationship that broke up, and somebody says, aren't you over that yet? It's been two weeks. Really? You're, really? You want me to be over that in two weeks? I don't think so. So, but we do have that kind of psychology that, you know, just get on with it. Get into a new relationship. That's what you need. Start dating. Hurry up and get on with it. And so we very often see people hopping from one relationship to another. Or we see people running to get something fixed um, that's, that seems to be broken. Um, we, we have that psychology of getting over it rather than that psychology of letting go. And letting go is very different. Letting go is where we begin to just surrender to the darkness, where we just say, okay, this is how it is, and this is how I feel about it, and I can be with that for a while. I can own it, and I can be with it. That is strength. There is no greater strength than that. So uh, so when we're trying to run from, from the dark, we are actually living in a false light. We are living as if we are in the light, but actually inside we go home, we get drunk, we smoke, we do drugs, we do whatever we have to do to cope with it, um, but actually we're, we're not learning anything. We're not evolving. We're not growing. We're not learning about who we are. We're not learning about our capacities. We're not learning about the lessons life has to teach us. We're not getting it. We're just not getting it. But true light, now true light is an inner light. It is a light that comes from within us, and it has its own power. We don't have to push it. We can ask for it, but we don't have to push it. And it, it is an insight that, that yields peace. So what do I mean when I say the word peace? By peace, I mean a deep inner um, feeling a deep inner settling, settled feeling, and it's not boring settling. It's more like just a stability that, that is inside of us that doesn't count on our external events to give us peace. So that this kind of peace knows that no matter what happens, it's going to be all right. Louise Hay has a phrase that I love uh, to hear every time she says it, and she says it quite frequently. She says, all is well. And I love that because just the very sound of those words has a very peaceful impact on my soul. That it just is true that no matter what's going on, even in the darkest of darks, all is well. Because I'm living inside of myself where peace rules. So I can be in the dark and be in peace at the same time. In fact, it is very often true in uh, as a therapist, I've seen this with clients, and I've also felt it myself, that that um, somebody can be going over some of the worst material in their lives, uh, and yet every time they they uncover another terrible traumatic event, they also experience a simultaneous peace. And what that is, is, is the peace of release, it's the peace of knowing, it's the peace of being with the darkness. It comes about as a result of saying, being with the truth of how you are, where you are. And so uh, it's possible to be in that darkness and have peace at the same time. 
uh, it also is a that insight that allows us to be connected, connected to the divine power, the divine essence of who we are, and the divine that is the the divine of all things, the source of all things. It, uh, when we feel that connection, we are seeing and being in the truth. With spiritual eyes, we're seeing and being in the truth. The truth is we are one. We are one with all people, all events, all circumstances, all having and all not having. We are one with all darkness and all light. We are one with all things, all truth and all lies. We are one with all. And when we realize that reality, we can sit steady with that. We don't have to push it. We don't have to make it be something else. We don't have to uh, lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we that we have to be in the light. We don't have to start pushing and shoving and pounding on the walls of darkness to make them go away. We can just be with what is. Being with what is is the ultimate in presence, and that is the last gift that we're given by darkness. If we can learn to sit with the darkness and let it be what it is, we develop something called presence. And by presence, I don't mean things under your tree. And I don't mean um, some kind of power over other people. Very often that term is used to mean power over other people. They've got this presence about them. We say they're charismatic presence about them that just draws people to them. But actually... By presence, what I mean is being with everything that is inside of you. The feelings, the thoughts, the emotions, the emptiness, the darkness, the light, the the profound awareness of yourself. It's being with your awareness. And that kind of presence can be brought about through sitting with the darkness. So when we have a, the worst possible thing in our lives, whether it's it's some identity that we don't want to know about ourselves, um, or it's some event that's happened, or it's someone who's treating us badly, whatever that worst possible thing is, it offers us a gift. That's what we don't want to know. And that, in fact, is what the current understanding of the law of attraction forbids us knowing. It tells us that when we have thoughts about um, about the reality that are looking into the darkness, that those thoughts will bring us terrible things. We don't need to have those thoughts, so because they 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 bring about the universe doesn't understand why we're thinking those thoughts, and it only it only brings us what we think about. <laughs> and I got to tell you, there's a whole lot of stuff I've thought about that has never been brought to me. And I'm sure that's true of you too. And I'll, I'll share this story with her real quickly. When I was a, uh, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. When I was a uh, child, I used my chore used to be taking out the garbage and uh, once or twice a week. And I was supposed to do it before um, daylight ended. And of course, I didn't. I would just postpone it. And then it got to be dark, and my mother would say, "Well, take it out anyway." So I'd have to go tromping across this long backyard and underneath a, a honeysuckle-covered fence gate and into an alleyway where the trash can was. And I got more and more terrified every time I got close to the alleyway. And I would finally run up under that ga- that honeysuckle-covered gate and throw the trash at the trash can with lots of pieces of trash ending up on the 
ground and then take off running back to the house. I mean, running. I had all my kids, man. I was running. And I was running really, really fast because that man that was in the alley that I knew was in the alley was right behind me trying to grab hold of my ponytail as I ran to the house. That man was out there every time I went to empty those trash cans, and I went out to empty those trash cans twice a week and very often was in the dark because I didn't do what I was supposed to do and take them out while it's still daylight. And and uh, so that went on for two or three years. Twice a week I had this very intense law of attraction work going on. I should have attracted a man in the alley. There should have been a man in that alley because I was working it, man. But there was never a man in the alley and there never has been a man in the alley, psychologically, metaphorically, or physically. And so we don't always attract what we think. That thinking is false. But we do attract what the soul has to give us that is meant to bring us further and further to the awareness that we are soul, that we are divine beings living a spiritual, living here on physical earth. And so that's why these things happen to us, so that we can evolve closer into who we actually are. That's why the good happens to us, and that's why the so-called bad happens to us. And so if we can think in those terms, we will, we will change the idea of goodness, badness, light, and dark into oneness. And that's what we're looking for is to change duality into oneness. But currently, much of our thinking is still based in duality, which is that there's there's one thing and then there's another thing, and they're very separate. Or that I'm separate from the things that I want. Or that I'm separate from the divine. Or that you're separate from me. Or that uh, the universe is separate physically from its spiritual realm. Um, these are these are the thoughts that come with duality, and the law of attraction, as we've come to understand it, is based entirely in that duality. Yet there is a law of attraction, and if you want to go read more about this, you can read it in my book, The Law of Attraction: The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can. You can get it online. You can get it on a Kindle book. You can get it at Nook. You can get it. So, um, I would encourage you to get that and read it. But for today, what I want us to understand is in that next book I wrote, Inhabiting Heaven Now, we talk about this whole thing of duality in terms of light and dark and in terms of how we can learn to be with what is dark. And there are two very specific, long case studies in that book that allow us to really see how a person can be with the dark, just be with it long enough to extract themselves from it. To be able to say, okay, I see me now, and I see me with my spiritual eyes, and to see who I actually am, not who I've been pretending to be, not who I thought I was, was because I was coping so much with my fear of the dark that I was running away from who I am to be something I'm not. Not the victim, not the perpetrator, the bully, not the, 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 the clown or the lost child, not, not any of those roles, none of that. I'm not that. I am a divine being. I am a self. I am a wholeness. That's who I really am. But I've been pretending and not even knowing that I was pretending because I needed to survive. And I thought this was how to do it. Well, in fact, our society teaches us that that's how to do it. That how to be uh, okay is to be what everybody else looks like, acts like, walks like, talks like, quacks like, dresses like, everything. So we have to dress cool. We have to... uh, 
you know, say the right language and do the right things and say it at the right time and have the right body gestures and do all of that stuff. And if we do, then we're cool and we're okay. And if we don't, then we're not cool and we're not okay. And that that is another duality. There is no standard of living that is set up by some the gods somewhere that says this is how you should be cool. <laughs> Nobody did that but us. And and it's and it's a, just a way of splitting us off from each other in the same exact way that we're split off from ourselves. So I guess the the bottom line here is that that there is a light that comes from the darkness, but it's not necessarily a vis, a physical light, although it can be. Uh, it what it is is the light of truth, the light that gives us peace, connection, and presence, the light that that allows us to truly see that we are. Uh, we are that connection, we are that presence, we are that peace. And nothing can shake that, except our thinking that it can be shaken. Um, So when we're talking about this thing of darkness, if you've got friends who are rushing you to hurry up and finish grieving about something, or uh, ideas in your own head that tell you that you're weak because because you have feelings, or people who tell you you're oversensitive, uh, because you are um, not paying, you're not paying attention to what they need, or because you get your feelings hurt about things. Um, if you have people that are trying to tell you these things, then I would say if you can just listen to your truest self, listen to the guidance that's within you that says you can be with this, and it will take you somewhere. And it will take you to deeper and more profound levels of yourself where you can find peace. I mean, think about it. Do you want the peace that comes from um, hanging out with the cool guys? Or do you want the peace that never goes away? It's always in there saying, no matter what happens, I got you. No matter what happens, we're going to figure this out. No matter what happens, you're okay. No matter what happens, all is well. That kind of peace, once you've tapped into it, once you've found it uh, inside of you, it uh, you will never be the same after that. You you are not the same person after that because you found a level of yourself that is that is you, that is the essence of who you are. So I guess what I want to say today ultimately is that when 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 we imagine the worst possible thing, we need to stay with that imagination for just a minute. You don't have to stay there long. Just a minute, stay there and go, okay, what is this worst possible thing? And what do I imagine is going to happen? And this is where I play the game worst case scenario, where you say, okay, well, if that happened, what would I do? And then if that happened, what would I do? And then if that happened, what would I do? And you get to some kind of bottom line that says, well, I guess I'd figure it out. And then we know we can be okay no matter what. So you can play with those things in your head and work them out before they even happen. Okay, so that's it for our show today. We're going to be back again next week. You want to stay here for that, be here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.